Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Culture Cat Podcast. My name is Luis, and I'll be the annoying guy just to be, t- be talking to you for, like, you know, who knows how long. Just kind of me rambling for, you know, who goes. Right now, we don't have a title sequence because I am poor, lazy, and I have no idea what the frick I'm doing. I'm kind of running this whole thing solo. Kind of want to get the Dodge Ram guy. I'm not going to lie. I think it'll be entertaining. You know, the Dodge Ram guy goes like, Ram Dove. You know, that fun, dude. I think that would be entertaining for, like, a, you know, this weird podcast. Welcome to the Culture Gap Podcast. Just, you know, kind of dumbs it down. Anyway, I'm just trying to start this podcast because I'm into pop culture, and I kind of just figured, why not? I paid too much attention to it, and I just kind of wanted to start a podcast because, you know, I like to listen to this stuff all the time, and I'm a student that has some free time. And I'd rather not just, you know, be laying on the couch watching Netflix. I'll be somewhat productive. And if you don't mind, I'm at my friend Emma's house because we went to church together. She just offered food, and I'm not going to turn that down. And if you all know me, know I'm a sucker for free food. And to break down this podcast, essentially, I'll be posting every Sunday and Wednesday. And... I'm just going to go over general news for anything pop culture, which for all you that don't know what pop culture is, is essentially anything that's music, movies, TV, politics, really anything that's popular at the time. And I kind of thought that'd be a fun subject to do because it's always going to change. It's never really going to go away. It's not like something that, you know, say if I were just doing movies, there are some eras in time where movies aren't that popular or just kind of hate. So, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So, I'll make it fun. And at the moment... I personally see pop culture being mostly revolving around movies, music, and politics. Because essentially, you kind of can't look at anything entertainment news and not see something about that. But I'm going to try to keep out of politics because, well, I'm pretty sure people are also tired of hearing about that stuff. If it actually pertains to anything entertainment, then yeah, I'll go over it. Like, you know, if Kanye actually decides to go for president. Which, frankly, if he does, he will probably get my vote. But that's also because I'm a Kanye fanboy. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, back to how I'm going to do the show from now on. Sundays and Wednesdays will always be an episode. I'll do the first half of my segment will just be anything news, any kind of review I'm doing. And then the second half will be any kind of me, just a Q&A, answering anything that you guys send in, either via email or YouTube comment. And that's about it. So I guess for now, I guess we can get started on the news segment. So earlier this week, the Grammys, you know, announced their nominations. And for anyone who doesn't know what the Grammys are, it's like the Oscars for music. I'm a big fan of the Grammys because I listen to music way too much. Spotify is honestly one of my hobbies. I'm pretty sure half my cellular data goes to Spotify. It's pretty bad. And I listen to like 20 albums a day. I don't know how I have this kind of time. I just do. And it doesn't make sense. And I also listen to everything that is in techno. So I love the Grammys. And... Like I said earlier in the week, they release all their nominations, ranging from you know general categories like Artist of the Year, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, and into more specific stuff like Pop Single of the Year, Pop Duo, Best Metal Song, Best Classical Song. Yes, they do you know all the genres. It's a very long show, and I love it, and it'll be premiering January 26th, anyone that's interested, and I will definitely be watching that. But right now, we're just going to go over a couple of the basic categories that I feel are the more popular ones, not because I'm not gonna obviously do the metal single of the year. No one really I feel like not a lot of people listen to metal. I 
really don't. Maybe a Metallica, but that's about it. And so for Record of the Year, they have Hey Ma by Bon Iver, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, no surprise there, and then Sunflower by Post Malone. And here's the thing for people who don't know what Record of the Year is. It's essentially usually singles, but essentially anything that was produced well and was kind of a big hit. And personally, even though I want Hey Ma by Bon Iver to win, because hey, Bon Iver fan, I think it's honestly be Bad Guy or Old Town Road that's probably going to take that prize. Just because, well, the Grammys are kind of biased towards popularity. And then for Album of the Year, another category they got, we got Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Not a surprise there, because Ariana kind of just always is dominating the Grammys. I think she's overrated, but hey, you know, I'm not the Grammy Academy. I don't get to choose these things. Talk by Khalid. Uh, let's see. I, I by Bon Iver. I have no idea how to pronounce that album. I, it doesn't really have too, you know, obvious of a description for it. But that's on there. Seven by Lil Nas X. Norman F. N. Rockwell. I'm not going to say the actual, you know, word because I'm trying to keep this censored. Maybe children friendly. I don't know. Maybe if one of you guys is a parent that decides I'm going to listen to this in the car while I take my kids to daycare. But to that, thank you. By Lana Del Rey. Father to Bride by Vampire Weekend. Honestly, one of my favorite albums of the year. And Thank You Next by Ariana. Yeah, this girl's got two albums of the year nominations. That's another reason why I think she's overrated, but whatever. And personally, like I kind of made obvious earlier, I want Father to the Bride to win. I think Vampire Weekend made a great return with that album. They kind of mixed in good things of indie, folk, country, and several other similar genres into one cohesive album. And I loved it. Found it almost completely flawless. There was like one track that was a little iffy, but that's about it. But if I were to say who's honestly going to win it, I'll give it to Thank You Next by Ronda Grande. That almost all the singles were hits on the radio. It had praise through the roof from all the big critics. And like I said earlier, the Grammys are kind of just a big fact, you know, popularity contest. And... Let's see, for the next category, and the last category I'm going to go over, because there's like 40 million, I'm not going to go over every single one. We have Best New Arts of the Year, which features Black Pumas, Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, Lizzo, Maggie Rogers, uh, Tank in the Bank, and YOLO. And honestly, I think Billie Eilish is going to take that prize. And that's also who I want to win, because, I mean, Lil Nas X, I think Panini's good. Old Town Road is very much overrated and very much overplayed. And I hate Lizzo so much. Like, anyone who knows me knows I can't stand a single Lizzo song. I just, I lose my mind every time I hear anything about Lizzo. But, I digress. I want Billie Eilish to win. I think she will win it. And that's really about it. All we have for the Grammys, because like I said, I'm not going over every single one of the like 40 bazillion categories. I would like to. There's several categories I care about, like say the rock categories, but I feel like most of y'all listening in don't really listen to a lot of rock music, so I'm not going to bother. And moving on from the Grammys, Kanye West. His 2010 album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, was actually named by Billboard Album of the Year. I mean, Album of the Decade, not Album of the Year. Album of the Decade is what I was and it was released in 2010, and has been dominating the charts since then. And if any of you who don't know which one is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, that's the album with all the lights, 
and power. Those two big hit singles. You know, that song with Rihanna, All the Lights Ever. A lot of people know that one. I mean, I honestly don't think it's the greatest thing on there, but what well, hey, everyone has their own different opinions. Honestly, if you have the chance, I say check out the album. It's honestly my second favorite Kanye album. My first one being Graduation, 2007. But, like I said, everyone has different opinions. And also, it wouldn't really apply to this award because it was released in 2007. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was released in 2010. So, actually this decade. Unlike Graduation. But, anyway, essentially it's a flawless album. It has elements of rock, rap, jazz, and so many different like, just different genres all over the place. It has well-produced, has so many good features, such as Rihanna. It has Kid Cudi, Jay-Z, even Chris Rock. Yeah, I said it. Comedian Chris Rock is on that Kanye album. He has a whole two-minute monologue about it, and it's freaking fantastic. Inappropriate as heck. So, if you're gonna check it out, Please make sure the children aren't around. That it will be a little bit awkward. Because, yeah, the whole album swears like every other word. Especially the last, like, five minutes. So, just be wary of that. But yes, do check it out. I recommend it. It is, honestly, my, like I said, my second favorite Kanye album. The only reason it's not my favorite Kanye album is because there's, like, eight to nine minute tracks on the album. And I have the attention span of a squirrel. So, yeah, no, I'm not going to listen to a nine minute song i will get tired very quickly but still good other than that completely flawless i think it definitely deserves the price all right so moving on from that topic we're going to kanye again and he's actually releasing opera today at the hollywood bowl nebuchadnezzar which if you guys don't know is a biblical story about a king who is essentially so corrupt that god decides to kind of put him down a peg which how that's actually how kanye views his own personal story with his conversion to Christianity. Anyway, he's directed this opera, helped write it, and produced it, and co-directed it with one of his old collaborators. And it will be on premiering tonight at the Hollywood Bowl in California, obviously, Hollywood. And it will be streamed on Tidal, which you do usually have to pay for a subscription, but I think you can get a free trial for that. I will not. I love Kanye, but I'm not going to get the title for that. I'll just probably bootleg it on YouTube some other time. But, oh, well, speaking of Kanye, Jesus is King, fantastic album as well. Not some of his best work, I'll admit that. Very short and jarring album, but I do recommend checking it out if you haven't already. It's only like, it's less than 30 minutes, guys. It's a pretty easy listen. And also, if you love Chick-fil-A, you'll love that album because there's one little reference in there to just make it crack up. It's made everyone crack up that I know of. And now moving on from Kanye, because I'm pretty sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk about him. Taylor Swift has been awarded Artist of the Decade. And she'll be having a performance at the Grammys where she will essentially be doing a live performance of all her classic songs. Except for maybe some of her older ones. Because even though she's now nominated Artist of the Decade, she actually doesn't have all the rights to some of her music. And I'll explain that. So when Taylor Swift originally started her career, she was at one record label when she was still a minor in high school, you know, Country Taylor. People, the Taylor that people loved a lot, I kind of was okay with. I liked maybe two tracks by her. I preferred Pop Taylor, but that's beside the point. Anyway, when she first started that record label, her father technically had the rights to her music and sold set rights to the record label because that was part of the contract. And Taylor was a minor at the time. She had no say in this. She later switched record labels, I believe, when she made the Red Album 
and she has the master records to all those songs and forward. So she can play those, replay those, redo those tracks without any problems, but essentially any for older stuff, while it's still at the older record label, she cannot touch. That's it. It's, it's over. And right now she's trying to do a medley of all her classic songs. Like, hey, she got Artist of the Decade. She wants to do like, you know, country tailor to like semi-pop tailor to full-on crazy, you know, lover tailor. And that's can be kind of a cool performance, but right now the record label's not letting her. They're saying, you legally can't do that, and we're not going to allow it. And I understand the old record label for that decision, because, yeah, they're right. She signed a contract, as so did her father, and they said, like, no. Like, we have the rights, we have the master tapes, you can't do anything with it. And before people go, like, why can't you just buy the master tapes? She actually has tried it. She has tried to buy them full price. Like, be like, look, give me a number, I'll pay it for it. And they have just told her repeatedly, no. You have to wait until the contract ends, which will be next year, before we can even get these master tapes. So she's kind of stuck in a dilemma there. But I digress. I honestly believe that Taylor Swift's in the slight right. Like I said, legally, no, her old record label is correct. But I mean, here's the thing. If she plays those old songs at the Grammys, people are going to download or stream said songs at, after said Grammys. And, I mean, that's just money for everyone. So what have they got to lose? Just to allow for at least one performance. So right now she's trying to get her Taylor Swift mob to attack the record label and say, hey, let her play the songs. And I'll admit I'm on the side for that. Because, hey, why not? Artists should have that right. And artists like Prince have been saying this. Well, did say this. Prince obviously did. I've been saying this for a long time. And now we're moving on from music stuff in general because I think you guys are tired of it. Moving on to more movie stuff. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. So here's the problem. Back in early, I believe, September, Paramount Pictures released a trailer for their Sonic the Hedgehog movie that they announced. And it was atrocious. Like, they made Sonic the Hedgehog look creepier than the entire Cats trailer. I think I watched that Sonic the Hedgehog trailer and was like, I need to go therapy. It hurt. Sonic looked too humanoid. He didn't look anything like the video game character he's meant to resemble. And he just sort of looked like a really creepy rat that happened to be on, like, meth and blue hair dye. It didn't look bad. And all the fans, me included, were essentially just harassing Paramount Pictures on social media and via petitions. Going like, hey, we don't like the design. Change it. And Paramount essentially broke down and said, alright, fine, we're going to delay the movie release. Because originally it was supposed to come out late October. They decided to really like, it's like, all right, we're going to redo everything with Sonic, completely redo the design, redo the whole part of the movie, which is a large, he's a 3D animated character in a live action film. It's not going to be too much work. And they released set trailer earlier last week. And holy cow, it is phenomenal. They actually did what the fans wanted, which is good. I think that shows that audiences have the power to change what Hollywood puts out with just their money. If you complain enough and actually speak it by saying, hey, we're just not going to the movie because of this, this, and this, and enough people join in, yeah, you could probably get things changed. And I think that can be good and it can be bad. I think in the political landscape of Hollywood, that can be pretty awful. But anyway, new Sonic trailer. Looks amazing. If you have any teenagers or young kids, check it out. The movie will be dropping on Valentine's Day. And personally, I think they did that for people like me who are single. And they're like, look, we know you losers who are super attached to these video game characters probably don't have girlfriends or boyfriends. We're not idiots. So we're going to put this on Valentine's Day and make sure that you, since you won't be going out on dinner with anyone, 
you have, you know, no significant other to go out on a date with, you'll be in our theaters paying for a ticket watching Sonic the Hedgehog. And honestly, they are right. Yes, I will. I will be doing that. As long as I am still single, which will probably still be likely on Valentine's Day, I will be there in a theater watching Sonic the Hedgehog and being very happy about it. All right, moving on from Sonic. Frozen 2. You know, that really fun Disney franchise that started in, I think, 2013 is when Frozen 1 came out. Anyway. Frozen 2 came out this weekend. Watched it late last night at 10, 10 p.m. because I was busy during the day and I wanted to avoid all the children. And also because I feel like, hey, I should probably review something for this movie while I'm here. So I'm with my friend Braden, watched Frozen 2 in theaters, super late at night. And not gonna lie, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I felt a little weird being a grown person going like two tickets for Frozen 2, please. It was very awkward. And I will praise it on fantastic animation. Disney knows how to animate things. The lighting in the movie was phenomenal. The character designs were phenomenal. Physics in every single scene was top-notch. Loved it. And also, they actually improved the humor. Every single scene that had Olaf or Kristoff, I could not stop laughing. I swear I did six-minute abs every single time those guys were on the screen. I just kept guffawing and spilling my little dolphin laugh in public in while I was watching that movie. Slightly embarrassing, but also slightly didn't care. And also, there's one moment I think makes the whole film worth it. To have a nice little like Toto moment. And for any of y'all who are too young to know who Toto is, they're the guys who did Africa. I'm pretty sure all the older folks that are listening to this right now are loving it. They love the Toto reference. But anyway, yeah, watch it just it's in the middle of the movie. It's a good four to five minutes. It's the weirdest rock Toto music moment of all Disney. It was fantastic. And awesome. I say it's good. I say, you know what, go ahead, watch the movie and try to go on like maybe a matinee night. Like it's not as good as the first one, but it's still worth your time. So yeah, go ahead, go nuts. Although I will have one comment about the movie. So I said I went at 10, 10 p.m., not a.m. because I'm not an animal. I'm not waking up that early to watch a movie, especially a Disney movie. Like I said, 10, 10 at night, super late. Try to avoid the children. There were two interesting families that were there, families of five and six, and they each had their children, all of them, which I don't mind. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of kids. It's a kid's movie. Why not? Go ahead, go, go crazy. What I didn't understand is while these kids were running amok and you know doing their whole thing, why weren't the parents stopping them? There was literally this one little boy. I found him hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. But he would just keep running up and down the aisle, like, woof, woof. and he would accidentally trip on himself. He'd laugh, yell something in Spanish, because he was Hispanic. And mom and dad were just staring at the screen, like, yeah, no, I know he's there. I'm ignoring him. I don't care. He's here to watch Elsa. And that's all I care about. I need my time. Like I said, don't care if you're going to bring your children to a children movie, because, hey, that's the point. Just, I don't understand why you would at least try to control them in a public space. Just my personal opinion, but whatever. I'm not a parent. 
maybe any parents watching this can tell me otherwise. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. And that's all there is for today, because like I said, there's no Q&A segment, because tape, this is the first episode. There's no way you guys can send any questions. But for future reference, if you want to send any questions, send all your questions to theculturedcat228 at gmail.com. And that's all lowercase. I'll say it again. Theculturedcat228 at gmail.com. If you're confused how to spell it, it's literally the name of the podcast, 228, which is like the numbered language for cat. I do. I wasn't very creative when I made this thing at gmail.com. Send that in. I'll answer it next episode. And I'll answer generally everything. And if you also want to send in, don't want to do emails because you're like, hey, I'm not 50 million years old. I'm actually watching this on like anything else, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, whatever, however you choose to listen to your podcasts. Um, you can just go on YouTube, comment below. Answer that then do and I'll answer anything such as hey what albums do you recommend you listen to I'm trying to get into music um, what's the most underrated artist you think of the year what's the most overrated artist hint I think it's Ariana Grande um going into politics who do I think will honestly win the 2020 election and why and also if you just like I said I'll answer anything even what kind of socks I'm wearing which at the moment is Batman socks because it's cold as heck outside and they're the thickest socks I own. So, yeah. And on that, I am signing out. That was a Cultured Cat podcast. If you didn't find my voice annoying, please send us other people. Bye-bye.